Hey, what's up? This is Andy Q coming to you live and direct from the Positive Pomona Production Studios in downtown Pomona, the Arts Colony, right off of 2nd Street and Gary. We're actually on 4th and Park. And uh, today I have in studio a couple of youngsters from different high schools uh, that will be talking about a project that we've been working on for the past, you know, three, four months uh, that have to do with parks, green spaces, and community gardens. So I'm going to go ahead and around the room and uh, our youngsters will introduce themselves and tell them what school they're from. And yeah, and then we'll, we'll start the show. So first we have... Hello, Pomona. My name is Diego Guillermo, and I'm a student from Freeman Academy. All right. Hi, Pomona. Um, I'm Leslie Alvarez from Diamond Ranch High School. All right. Hey, yo, I'm Ash, and I'm from Pomona High School. Hi, um, I'm Nathan, but I also go by Neptune, and I go to the School of Arts and Enterprise. Did you say Neptune? Yes. Oh, that's cool. All right. <laughs> I like that. And uh, we also have one extra guest in the studio today, Mr. Joseph McClellan from Prototypes. Let's say your la- the last name, right? All right. So Joseph is, also, is like me, is a mentor to as many youth here in our community of Pomona. He helps to represent uh, P3. Right, he's the. I'm a P3 also, Positive Pomona Productions, but they P3 is Partnership for Positive Pomona. So we got two things, and they really focus on substance abuse and things of that nature. Oh, and look, what we have coming into the room is Mr. Dylan's in the house. What's going on, Dylan? All right, good to see you. We're gonna get you another chair right now, Dylan. So while we get you another chair and get you seated down, you'll probably sit here next to me so we can share a little microphone. Uh, again, we're talking today about the project we've been doing for the past few months that has to do with surveying uh, and assessing our local park systems, uh, also the green spaces and community gardens. So, uh, again, just to give you a background, uh, our group is called ACT, All Children Thrive Pomona. All Children Thrive Pomona. Uh, we're a couple of adults that have gotten together with the Pomona Promise Network. Uh, and we've been reaching out to our high school age students to engage them on their thoughts and opinions on how they view our, our regional parks, our, our city parks and our green spaces uh, and our community gardens. Uh, we understand that there's going to be money coming into our city and we really w- want and encourage our local leaders and elected officials to choose wisely, to spend the money wisely and more than more than anything, we, all, we want the youth voice to be heard uh, because at one point, all these youngsters in the room that are in high school right now, they will be adults and perhaps they'll stay here in Pomona, uh, maybe have families of their own. And so we want to give them the, the tools to help shape uh, their community as they see fit. So let's see who we're going to we're going to start off with Diego. So, Diego, give us a, a snapshot uh, of a little bit about what your experience has been in this program in the last few months? Well, to start with everything, it has been wonderful, honestly. It has been wonderful to work with Andy. We had a career event on Freeman Academy last week where me and Andy worked to uh, get as much people as, as we can to inform them about the work we're doing and how it might affect the future in Pomona. All right, cool. Thank you very much. Okay, what's your thoughts, Leslie? Um, so honestly, working with Anding has been a great experience. Sometimes we go outside of Pomona and visit other parks that are outside Pomona to check what we can improve with the parks in Pomona. For example, shading, different type of programs to achieve with Pomona. 
And I guess just the green space all around Pomona. And it's been a great experience. So I thank you for that, Andy. Cool. All right. Dylan. Uh, working with you, Andy, and with the, the group, it's been a privilege. We've done a lot of things. We've gone to out to many places. Like Leslie said, we've gone to parks and other places outside of Pomona to like check it out and compare in order for us to like make this survey happen. Other things, we went to le- legislative luncheon. Mm-hmm. We met uh, like our elected officials and some of the people in our community, which was a very nice experience. And I'm pretty sure last weekend, me, Andy, and Sevi, we were at the uh, Hap- Happy Me, Happy We event right. at downtown Pomona at Western Union. It was a really nice experience. We uh, even did another podcast. And yeah, it's been very great. Cool. What what are your what are your thoughts over there on the couch? Um, so far, my experience with the group has been very eye opening. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to be as active as I would have liked to be. But whenever I'm out in the community or at a park, I just notice things I wouldn't have noticed before joining, and I become more aware of like issues around Pomona. Um, I would say I've had a pretty positive experience in this group, and I thought for me it's also eye-opening too because I usually most of the time don't have time to go to parks. So, And I also haven't been so active, but I've tried my best because I also have a really be- busy schedule. But it's been um, very eye-opening um, for all of this experience. Well, cool. Well, thank you for the, the nice comments you had for me. That, that, that makes me feel good. Uh, however, I, I don't do this work to help me feel good. I do this work because uh, I think that one of the most important things that a person can do, and maybe Joseph will agree over there, is have a, an impactful uh, effect on the life of a young person. Uh, often as young people, we don't, and I'm, I'm thinking about myself when I was a teenager at least, uh, we don't feel that we have a voice within our community uh, of adults. And from what I understand as I've grown up, Main, most of the main changes that have happened in the world, the big changes have happened because of young people, youth culture, and particularly, you know, transitional age youth, uh, you know, exiting in high school and going to college. I mean, most of the world changes have happened because of young people have had passion to, to make a difference within the community. So, you know, again, we're, we're, we all live and go to school here in the city of Pomona. Uh, the city of Pomona is, is an interesting place in the sense where – you have uh, you have a lot of highs and lows in this city. Um, you have places that you know, you know millionaires live in homes up in Ganesha Hills and some other places. You have historical districts where you have beautiful old homes and well-off people live there as well. But you also have some kind of ghetto areas as well. Where you got some high-density housing. You got neighborhoods that are sometimes filled with with gang members. Um, uh, you we have. A homeless issue here in this city, like just about any other city in the world. Uh, so again, we got a lot of mixture here. Um, now, when I was growing up in the '90s, I was in high school in the '90s. Uh, Pomona was known f- to people outside of the city as a place, you know, of gang members, of drugs, of prostitution, and homelessness. Uh, a lot of people I remember growing up, they didn't have very many positive things to think of or say about Pomona. However, in the last 20 years. Uh, some things have changed significantly. Uh, the city is a lot more beautiful, uh, in the sense where there have been a lot of stake, um, stakeholders and, and, and grassroots leaders 
that have put in a tremendous amount of effort and volunteer hours to to make the city a better place. Uh, in particular, it, from my forte and, and with Joseph here, there has been a lot of attention on, on helping young people uh, through mentoring uh, with a variety of programs, whether it be Project Sisters or Prototypes or Project Leads or Conservation Corps or uh, Justice for Youth. And we have a number of groups that, that really engage young people to, to be more impactful within their community. So let's get into it. Uh, one of the first things that we did here in the city of Pomona is that we took some field trips and we started to observe the parks within our community. So, you know, whoever wants to jump in, uh, feel free to jump in and, and just start giving opinions of the things that we saw with our own eyes or what we experienced with our own eyes in the parks. Well, uh, one thing I like about uh, the outside parks like Walnut and uh, Diamond Bar was that they had uh, some statues or uh, there was a bench in Walnut that had that was com- uh, was given respect to to some of the uh, history that that park had in that community, who created it and how it started all. So I think that was uh, very great, honestly, because it, it it made people wonder what that pe- uh, those persons did for that community and how it impacted the future of that community. Um, something that I liked that we spotted in a park near Claremont was that there was some exercising equipment near the playgrounds. And on top of that, there was a whole lot of shade. And honestly, I think that was probably one of the best things I've seen so far, because when you're in the summertime and you're at a park, it's not really fun to feel like the heat when you're sitting down on something. And for the exercising equipment, I think it's great that they have it near the park because that just makes it super accessible for the parents that want to exercise, but also supervise their children at the same time. That that was a really great addition to add. I like to add on about the Claremont one. Um, there was another park in Claremont, and I really liked it because there's like a lot of trees. It's like a very open grass area and very fresh out there, and it seemed like a really nice thing. Um, um, I didn't go to the Claremont one, but I went to some other ones with Andy up in Diamond Bar and Walnut, and I will say um, those are more affluent areas of with higher. Um, with people just with more money. But what I thought was nice is that there was this like park. It was Sycamore Park. It was uh it had a like a nice little creek and it had like a lot of um vegetation and it had like a really cool park. And there was also that trail that's also no that's really close to Lorbeer. And that was a really cool park. And also the one in Walnut that we first went to, it had a really big grassy area. And there's also some I've been to in Claremont that are not necessarily big up front, but they have a huge trail that going through the hills of Claremont. So, also to add on for the Sycamore Park, I did notice there was a wheelchair accessibility there. Ah, yeah. And I think that more parks just need to include that. So, okay, now what? In comparison to the parks that we visited and our parks in Pomona, what do you think the biggest contrast is? In my opinion, the biggest contracts that we had between Diamond Bar, Walnut, and Pomona is the bathrooms, right? I have visited many of the parks in Pomona, like Martin Luther King Park, Washington Park, and uh, Ralph Wench Park, right? And uh, one of the key things that uh, many families, when we interviewed them, said that bathrooms are a big thing for them. If a bathroom is something that they view negatively, 
they will leave that park and go for another one. For example, during our interviews in Sycamore Park and Diamond Bar, we interview a family of two parents and uh, one child. One child. During that, uh, they stated that having a bad bathroom it leads to them going to parks are way farther than where they live. For example, Diamond Bar. I'm a parent. And I have two small children, a five and a seven-year-old, and I'm constantly at a, in particular, Ted Green Park for baseball. And just about every time I've been there, I've had an experience that wasn't so pleasant. Give me, an, I'll give you an example. They don't open the restrooms till about three o'clock. Now, since they they don't open the restrooms till about three o'clock, four o'clock, when people are are coming in uh, with families and kids are getting out of school. A lot of the homeless people know that many restrooms aren't open until that time. So you have a, a number of homeless people that will use the restrooms to, to shut, clean themselves. Uh, and sometimes they, they, they kind of post up in the restrooms. Like, uh, so for me as a parent, and my little boy's got to go to the restroom. I can't just say, it's over there, mijo. Go ahead and go. I have to walk with them and I have to kind of navigate because sometimes you know some of the homeless people will have all their stuff out. Uh, in a stall, and you kind of have to walk around them or walk over, you know, uh, to avoid stepping on their stuff. Sometimes the restrooms don't feel safe, uh, and they definitely don't feel clean. Uh, I can't allow my, my children to to be independently go to a restroom without me being concerned first to make sure that it's safe. Uh, and then second, if, and I got little boys, so they pee standing up, of course. Uh, but if my little boys have to go number two, even a five-year-old will tell me, take me home. Uh, they do not like, just like as an adult, I don't want to go number two in a restroom where maybe there's just just crap and toilet paper and I mean, or there's no toilet paper. It just looks poor. So, uh, and and a lot of families feel like I do in the sense where number one in Pomona, as we we're saying, compare and contrast is that I would say the majority of the restrooms in parks here in this city do not feel safe or clean. Would you guys agree? Yeah, yes, I would too. I, I agree with your statement. Additionally, it, it's just a very bad thing because it interrupts family gatherings or stuff like that. For example, let's say you have a group of people or your friends, just your friends, playing basketball. Someone has to go to the bedroom. Now they, ha- now they have to either go go home and like walk back or, or they have to, everyone just has to leave at that point, right? So I think it's, that's just the major big issue that we have in Pomona. For example, I don't know about the girls' uh, bathroom in Washington Park, but for the boys, it's really bad, right? The right. sink, I, I tried using it, and it was just not working, so that's a major issue. To come back with the homeless problem, I do agree, right? As, as a big brother that takes uh, their sisters or um, even my little brother sometimes to the parks, it, it is a major issue when there's homeless people just sitting on benches and you cannot just tell them, okay, go play in the playground while while I do my stuff, right? Or something like that, right? You always have to be with them in order to ensure their safety. So besides besides the restrooms, uh, which is pretty obvious, uh, what else do you think is a, a big contrast between some, some, res- some parks in other communities than parks in ours? I would say tagging is a big contrast. Um, a lot of parks in like the nicer areas like Diamond Bar, Claremont, they don't really have any tagging. Um, an example of tagging would be like Washington Park. They have a lot of tagging on their playgrounds, and it just doesn't make the area look nice. 
let's see. Uh, I, I notice also at some parks, like equipment is broken, uh, like a, a swing or, or, or something is just broken. And I noticed in some of the parks we went to that if something was broken, you, there's a number to call uh, to kind of report it, to at least put it on the radar. But within our cities, again, there's there's really not very much information, right? Uh, also, I think, you know, as we're looking at some pictures, uh, can you guys look at the screen right there? This is the park in Diamond Bar. And it, it's just in one little area, we're looking at four trash cans. You have uh, tr traditional concrete trash cans. One has a big recycling uh, emblem on it. And the other one, you can clearly see there's a trash bag in there. But they also have, they call it, I think, the big bins, where it's a solar-powered uh, recycling trash compactor, right? It, it's not costing them any energy. There's, you know, they look clean. And, and isn't it true that, uh, well, I think for most people at least, if, if you have an option to throw your trash away in a trash can somewhere nearby, then most likely you're going to use it, right? Yeah. So when we go to a lot of Pomona parks, uh, there some, sometimes seems to be an excess full of trash, and you don't see any trash cans anywhere near. Or sometimes, you know, like uh, a Cesar Chavez Park, which I was at the other day, uh, the trash cans, they, uh, this is too bad, they have to be chained down because if they're not chained down, somebody will will take something from it, you know? And, and <laughs> so <laughs> we, have our, we have some challenges, right? Uh, definitely. Let's see, what else? Um, we're we're looking at at a park also in Diamond Bar right now, and uh, can you guys can can you remember going to any Pomona parks and seeing clean functioning water fountains? Uh, me personally, no, 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 no. Uh, and, and again, we're looking at a picture of the Diamond Bar Park, and this is uh, again Sycamore Canyon Park, and again clean restrooms. They even have uh. On the doors, how many you know, times people check, you know, a date and a time and somebody putting their signature. But one thing also, I guess, um, uh, about maybe the, the Diamond Bar Park, at least in the area where they had the restrooms and the drinking fountains, they had some cameras as well, right? Uh, so does that make people feel safe and maybe it, it, it um, dissuades people from doing stupid stuff because they know they're going to get caught on camera? I mean, personally, I think it does make a difference to have the cameras, especially since the cameras are placed in different places where it will capture the play playground and the parking where people park their cars. Uh, honestly, uh, it does make a difference because, I mean, people will think twice before doing any anything to someone or their property. So, yeah. Let's see what else. Uh, we got to also interview a number of people, and, and we're going to go back to Sycamore Park and Diamond Bar. One of the things that you had said... Uh, Neptune, ah, Neptune, that's cool. I, I think it's real cool to have parks with that have like a natural feeling, you know, whether they have like a little creek. I went to this park, Sycamore County Park, when I was a little kid, and I remember learning about like tadpoles, how they turn into frogs, and you know, we we played in the water, we collected crawdads, we we put them back, but it was a very learning environment, uh, learning through play, because as, as I think as most of us as kids kids as children we're, we're curious and you put us around other kids and we want to play with our curiosity so do you can you at the top of your head can you guys think of any parks within pomona that have like an area where kids can kind of naturally play and, and be curious and learn about you know science and nature uh, through playing can you guys think of any parks that we have in pomona 
that provide these kind of things? I cannot think of one on top of my head, but then again, I haven't gone to like every single park in Pomona. Something I do got to say though about Sycamore Park is that I did go there some few weeks with my family. There was a lot of families there. It was very peaceful. I was, I, I like art, so I was drawing, I was doing art. Uh, while sitting there and I could hear the uh, birds or some frogs in, in uh, the creek. But yeah, it was pretty nice. Yes. So let's move from parks to, do you guys remember the term Brownsfields? Yes. Okay. Yes. So for, for those of you guys who are out there that don't know what a Brownsfield is, it's just say you're, you're driving down the street, you're going somewhere, and you notice, you know, in a neighborhood, there's plenty of houses, but there's one area within that block that, that the lot is empty, uh, just an empty lot. Maybe there was a house there in the past that got torn down or, or a business, but uh, in our city, and just like a lot of other communities, we have a lot of Brownsfields. We, we, we go down the street. I can think of a few right now off of uh, Town Avenue, you know, kind of kind of down on the south side of Pomona. There's a corner. I, I don't know if it's Philadelphia. But uh, again, Brownsfields are empty fields that have been empty for some time. Uh, that that serve no purpose, I, I suppose, but just growing, you know, grass and weeds. Um, we talked a little bit about how do we transform Brownsfields. I mean, can you can you give us some ideas? Like, said, what can we do to a, a, again an empty lot within our community to make it better? Uh, things we could do is probably make it into a community garden, as we've talked before. Community gardens are very important, since uh, like hypothetically, there could be like a a disaster or a, or maybe a earthquake, hypothetically speaking. Um, and what would happen is that um, since there's like an earthquake and everything, there's not like, it, there's not like, they're not able to bring in food. Ah. And and so we have community gardens in order to give food to the, to, the, to our community. You know, I, I was able to t attend a city council meeting yesterday in Ontario. And so there's a trend going around right now around our community in Southern California where they're changing, they're, they're transforming a lot of the like maybe empty spaces or, or uh, into warehouses, right? So I think a lot of people have been working in this city of, uh, of Pomona to transform some policies that haven't been looked at since 1947. So again, think more than 60 years ago, 70 years ago, um, this, the Pomona was a very agricultural oriented city. You could go down the block and a lot of times people were growing their own fruits or vegetables. They had some type of fruiting tree, chickens in the yard, maybe a goat or two. Uh, but there were policies that were put in play that allowed people to grow food in their own backyard and also, you know, have some, some animals. Uh, because of some passionate people within our community, they're relooking and revisiting some of these old policies to allow city of Pomona to be a city that's also that uh, approve agriculture. So say for instance, imagine again, policies that allow us and encourage us to keep three chickens uh, in the yard and, and to have our, our front yard having some ele uh, elevated uh, gardens, what are they called? Uh, yeah, I guess elevated gardens, right? Elevated containers that, is, that are growing, you know, different types of fruits or vegetables like tomatoes or chilies or whatever it might be. Did you guys know that they did a, they did a, a nationwide like project in Belgium where they gave like, like 2000 people chickens 
three, you know, up to three chickens per household. And, and this experiment they did, it helped to reduce green waste uh, within the community because, you know, everything we throw into the trash, right? So we could eliminate a large portion of green waste by throwing our scraps to our chickens because the chickens will eat them up. So, and then the chickens fertilize the ground. So they're, they're taking care of the, all the chicken scraps, fertilizing the ground. You're getting some eggs. So you, you, maybe you're not spending so much at the grocery store because you're getting some eggs and you're growing some food. So food security has, is, is, is basically a big issue uh, that we're facing all around the world, uh, but within our nation and within California. In particular, after COVID, a lot of people you know, w- that were out of work, they couldn't uh, ha- have any generating income. And so they would have to go to places like God's Pantry or, or some type of food bank just to supplement the food that, you know, to put in the refrigerator to feed their family. And one of the big issues at first when they're trying to organize is that there was food banks that were able to provide food, but it was all like canned food and and non-perishables. So a lot of people weren't getting any type of fresh fruits or vegetables. And that has an effect on nutrition in the body. So we have a couple of really cool community gardens around our community and also surrounding communities. So we'll talk a little bit about Lopez Farm, uh, which we did a little <coughs> visit to. Uh, they had an urban mission. Um, they have a, a, a garden in Ontario called uh, Puerto de Valle that we would have visited that's connected to a park. They have something called Amy's Farm that's also in Ontario. And they're going through some issues right now. They're trying to change their, transform their property into warehouses. That's what I was at the city council the other day. And then you had Earthworks Farm in, in, um, in Almani, South Almani. And so a lot of these regional farms or these local farms, they pulled together and they started providing fresh, uh, tons and tons of fresh fruits and produce uh, to help supplement a lot of the non-perishable foods that were being delivered to families. Now, we have talked a little bit about disaster readiness. One, we live in California and, and, and sometimes we think as Californians that we may experience a big earthquake mm-hmm. that will uh, disrupt the, the transportation supply. So again, freeways may be busted up, the, 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 the sidewalks or the roads, the rail cars that bring food in from all around the world. If somebody's landing a plane, you know, again, if it messes up the, the, the landing strip because, because of an earthquake, then how are we going to get a food in? So it, one of the big issues is food security. How do we address food security? And since we did a little visit, for those who visit the, the, the garden farm in Ontario, and the urban farm here in, in Pomona, Lopez. Can you can somebody share a little bit of their thoughts on, on what they think about that, on, on that policy and having community gardens in our city? I personally think having community gardens in our city honestly makes our city a lot more attractive. When I first visited Lopez Farm, I thought it was super peaceful there. You could see all the plants growing. There was different seeds that had their names on it so you could know which type of plants there were. And there was also a group of people who were working on a banner for the for the farm. And honestly, I thought that was pretty cool to see that people from our own community are also supporting our own selves within the community gardens. So I just thought about how much community gardens or places even like them can bring our community together and just help us support one another. To add to um, what she said, when I visited Huerta de Valle, it was a great experience, honestly. There was a lot of... Um, Families just looking at the plants, looking at everything that has grown. There were even um, city workers uh, taking lunch because it was pretty pretty calming and um, very nature-like. 
it, something I liked was that it allows us to grow our own stuff, right? Grow our own tomatoes, right food. Because as Andy said, during uh, COVID, we got a recession. Then we got hit with the inflation. And then eggs became expensive. Everything became expensive, right? Family with all low incomes probably couldn't afford a lot of stuff. During COVID, I volunteer a student and family support organization to give out to those uh, families that were not as fortunate as me and others because they were facing challenges economically. But yeah, that garden, a, a community garden is just amazing for a community, especially because you can grow your own stuff for a low price, stuff like that. What about you? Have you, have you two over there been to Lopez Garden? I've been like with my mom and also with my brother. And it's kind of interesting too because it was like a lot of like Lopez, like the elementary school that's right next to it, work a lot at that farm and all of that. And I found that cool because I, I believe I went the opening week. I went and I like talked to the, to the guy who runs in all of that. And now like seeing from then where former was from the very beginning when it was just this pot with some stuff growing and now where there's a lot of vegetation and a lot of plants and now there's a lot of community-based events there i think it's just grown so much and it also makes i forget what street it's on mission mission it makes that street look a lot better because it looks like kind of run down with all the businesses but it just makes it look a lot nicer so again, the, the spot we're talking about, the Lopez Urban Farm, uh, was a brownsfield for many years. It's connected to Lopez Elementary School, but again, an empty lot that was overgrown with weeds and nothing happening. And all of a sudden, it again, an inspired community member uh, connected with other inspired community members and connected with champions that were elected officials that some way, somehow, and working with the school district as well, they transformed this place into something beautiful. Now, you can't see it on our end, but we're looking at some pictures where I'll give you a little snapshot again of a place that was empty for more than 20 years with nothing happening on it. All of a sudden, now it has uh, a bodega uh, that's open at least once a week that is full. It's a container full of uh, items that are donated or, or gifted and that people can come in and either if they don't got any money, they could take something uh, without paying, or if they got some money, they could leave a donation. Uh, they have clothes there. I mean, I, I myself, I, the first time I went there, I had 20 bucks. I put a $20 donation, but I got a bunch of cool soaps, like soaps that you would find at, 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 a, at, a, at a nice place. You know? <laughs> so like, I, like, I like nice soaps. So uh, my little boys were able to get some drinks. I think we even got some elderberry syrup or something like that. But uh, again, something beautiful happened. There's also a number of murals and art. So you have artists that, that go to this community place and, and they, you know, every once in a while they change the, the murals around, but you have artists there. I have a youngster named Angel that goes there and, and he makes pizzas for people. So he's got a little pizza oven. So you got people that are cooking, doing live demonstration cookings. You got volunteers that come from all over the place. I personally, my organization sends volunteers there that have court order community service. And, and rather than them just like picking up trash on the side of the freeway, they can support a, a, a local farm and, and get some good advice, you know, learn how to eat better or learn how to plant something in their own home. So it helps change hearts. But uh, another cool thing that it, it also connects with, in particular, two schools, the elementary school. So kids are able to take a class and they get to go to the garden and see how things are grown. And so they're learning about science and about vocabulary and even a little bit about math on how to design and how to plant things. 
But not only that, again, you have Cal Poly Pomona, which is a university over here in our city that provides students to help out. So you got students that are going to getting degrees at Cal Poly in regenerative studies that come and volunteer and they learn and they, they provide their expertise. So, I mean, a community, I mean, from an empty Brownsfield, from nothing happening to all of a sudden uh, supporting community and life, providing food and nutrition, helping people uh, in need, providing a, an active place for, for people to come together in, in the name of, of good food and, and, and gardening and growing. So, again, a beautiful thing's going to happen in empty spaces when good people come together and, and start ideas. Now, we're going to transition a little bit right now. We're going to be looking at uh, the, the survey that we're coming up, that we're going to be doing, okay? So, uh, unless you guys have any more thoughts, concerns, anything you guys want to mention about uh, community gardens, parks, green spaces that I haven't mentioned yet? Cool? Okay. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we're going to take the survey. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Again, one of the outcomes that we're trying to achieve here uh, is we were, with the help of these youngsters, we, we're putting together a community survey. Uh, we're going to put it on posters and a QR code and put these posters all around the high schools and some other places. And we want to get as many people as we can to take this survey so that uh, we have data to back up some decision making that our local officials will be able to make with the monies that they'll be spending to help improve our community. So... I guess we'll kind of play. Again, this is a survey called Survey 123. So the first question is, how often do you visit a local park? And so we have an option of daily, a few times a week, once a week, once a month, rarely, or never. Let, let's just go around real quick. We, we, we'll start with you, Diego, and go around. What's your What's your answer? For me, it will be once a week. I usually go uh, with my family on the weekends. Okay. So, yeah, that's just me. All right. I also go around once a week, also with my family on the weekends. We normally go to hiking trails, just somewhere to walk and have a good time, I guess. All right. And I go once a, once a week for baseball for little boys or taking my son bicycling or something. I go like once a week. I have two younger siblings that are in um, this program in Pomona called Mini Sports. And oh. yeah. Mini Sports. Yeah, it's a really cool program. I'm going to have to look into that. All right. Um, I would say um, about once a week. Okay. I'll also say around once a week as well to do homework and just walk around. Oh, so that's interesting right there, to do homework and to walk around. So <laughs> I got to jump in a little bit. Now, growing up in Pomona and working in Pomona for some years, one of the toughest things as a teenager in particular is that when you, you go home and there's just too much chaos going on in the home, it's too loud or you don't have your own private space, you know, to, to just to be silent. Uh, parks are a great answer for people that, that, you know, again, don't have their private space, you know. And so you saying that, that's pretty cool. You know, to be able to go to a park, to feel safe and to, to be out there and to be able to think and not to be in the mix of, of a chaotic house, let's just say, and do your homework, right? And so in that case, again, I, I don't get a too off, t- off subject, but do you think that Pomona Parks in the future should have like benches that have solar panels 
attached to them so that you can power a laptop or charge your phone or something like that? Would you like to have a park where you could do your homework and you could charge things? Or? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, once I went and my phone and computer were both dying and I had nowhere to charge it, so I had to go back home. Ah. Yeah, it seems like a really good idea. I I've seen these bench these t- those types of benches at uh, Western University. Western U, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next question: If if rarely or never, indicate the top reasons for not visiting a local park. Okay. So th- some of the reasons: uh, too far or too difficult to get to. So we say, you know, if you don't got a car in California, sometimes transportation is difficult, right? And that's why in, in a master in a city's master plan. Like parks should always be within like one mile's walking distance. No matter where you live in the city, you should be able to walk in a, with a mile or half a mile to to your own local park. Okay. And the second is not sure where my local park is located. I don't feel my local park is safe for me and my family. It doesn't have the kinds of facilities or equipment that meet my needs. Okay. Bathrooms or equipment are not well maintained. Doesn't have ADA accessible equipment. So, you know, if you're handicapped... You get, you got to go to the restroom and again. Does it have the ramps and, and things of that nature? Uh, I'm not interested in visiting my local park. Okay, I haven't found time to visit my local park yet or other. So that's a second question. Okay, third is uh, which local parks uh, do you visit frequently? And so we have three choices right here, and and, and it goes down to a list. Now the city of Pomona has, uh, oh, I, th- I believe, over 26 parks. We won't go through all of them right now, but we have a little selection of. Uh, which parks we visit most. And I, I even think, let's see, are these all Pomona parks? Oh, there's even an answer saying parks in other cities, Claremont, Diamond Bar, and Chino Hills, right? So mm. I would be choosing those parks because, I, and I love my city, and I, I really wish I could spend more time here. But if I'm going to take my little boys to play for a few hours, it's going to probably be in Claremont or Diamond Bar. Number one as a parent because there's clean restrooms, mm-hmm. accessible restrooms that if they got to go, I have somewhere to take them. So, okay, next question is, if you select another, if you select an other among the top three, please specify. Okay, we won't say that. Okay, um, next question is, what do you do at parks? All right. What do you do at parks? So we're all seeing this right here, so we could just mm-hmm. popcorn it right now. Uh, organize sports leagues. City programming activities for special age groups. Um, for example, like after-school programs for young people that need homework help or want to play games, or if you're a senior citizen and, and you want to dance or play bingo or something. Okay, walking, jogging, hiking trails, soccer fields, baseball courts, basketball fields, skate parks, okay. Exercise equipment, hanging out with friends, family gatherings, parties, and celebrations. Now, that's a, a, an important one. Well, we come from different generations. Uh, again, uh, I'm old, I'm a little older than you guys right here. Jason, Joseph and I are about the same age. Uh, I remember Joseph uh, growing up, and again, you grew up in San Diego in the park system. You, you, I remember hearing your story. A lot of birthday parties and celebrations were held at parks. Uh, we didn't hang out usually at our house. We would go at our park and have the family, and, and it was really cool. So, I mean, I remember spending a lot of parks at kids, in, in particular birthdays. You remember that, Joseph? Right, and so do you, as you, you guys are youngsters now, guys. Do you guys ever do like like celebrations at parks, like birthday parties and things of like that? 
We got one uh, nodding head. Well, I do. Uh, my family usually gathers around, right, in the park. Uh, we invite people, right? We get food, right? Yeah. Another some tables. Yeah. If there's no tables, maybe we we'll get some, right? Uh, but yeah, not not even just birthdays and stuff like that. It, we celebrate Easter, right? We celebrate all of this out in parks, and I mean, I see other uh, other people doing it as well. So, right. you know, uh, I I think that's just amazing, honestly. I I celebrated Easter with my family, an extended family at uh, Bonelli Park. You, we had to pay twelve dollars to get into, mm-hmm. and it was packed. I tell you, I mean, there was. Music playing everywhere, and you could smell the carne asada on the grill, and yeah. children were playing, and it, it was just—I mean, it just—it filled my heart with joy to see all the happiness that surrounded us in the park. That, so that was, the, there, there are some times where me, my family, right, and another family just connect. We, it's like a—it's a very good thing for like community, right, for to like talk to other people that you don't know in your community and yes. stuff like that. So yeah, and I think it's even kind of special. Is um, again, you guys are teenager right now. I'm an adult. You, we, I, hopefully, we all remember being little kids. Uh, when you go to a park, especially if you're like a single kid, uh, or you, there's a difference between your your ages between your siblings, is it easy to find other kids to play with in parks? Oh, I got one head locking, nodding. Uh, no, I got one yes. Yeah. Well, what are some opinions? I mean, I, I remember I was a kid, and I see my little sons. If I, if I go take them to the park, he'll go make friends and go play and. And and he he just he'll I don't have to worry about him he just plays. What what's your thought, Neptune? Um, well, to be honest, my parents didn't take me too much of like local parks. I would always go to like Bonelli, but even then, I'm also kind of like antisocial, so I won't go to <laughs> random people. But even then, now I usually would just keep to myself. Or like even when I was a, like a kid to go to parks, I never did that really to like. Grow my friends. Even if there was a lot of kids, I usually would just stay off the playground okay. if it was like that. All right. Well, my experience has been different. I'm not sure how kids are these days, but um, back then when I would go, I'd always go with some of my friends to play tag or just do whatever at the park. And usually, like a few kids would join, or we'd join a few kids on whatever they're doing. So, cool. Any other thoughts? Uh, when I was a kid, I would. Like join other kids, you know. I don't know about right now because I mean I feel like there's like less kids at parks, so I don't know if like if the kids that go now would if it would be easy for them to make friends. But I remember I would just always like find other random kids and just play with them. It was, it was a fun time. Cool, cool. All right, let's get next question. Oh, okay. Is, is, if you guys want to jump in for any of those things, you know, fathing gatherings, hang out with friends, yes, exercise equipment. Um, when I was a kid, skate parks didn't exist because there was a lot of liability. But we do have a skate park in Pomona, and whenever I go to Palomar's, it usually seems pretty active. Like people like going there, right? Okay, well, let's go to the next question. Uh, what would you do more of at a park if it was available? Okay, what would you do more at a park if it was available? So, uh, the choices are: Would you do organized sports leagues? Okay, I think the city we have. I don't know if we have Pop Warner, but I know we got soccer and baseball in, in a number of parks. City programming activities for specific ages. Again, like we're talking about, like uh, parks are really good for senior citizens. You know, uh, you could play bingo or make friends or dance or have a lunch program. So those are kind of nice. If you had a wish list, what what kind of programming would you guys be interested in, in doing at a park? I recently got into skate, 
skateboard. So the skate park is a really interesting part uh, part of the survey. Honestly, in my school, there's our skaters, right? Uh, we usually have like just a corner up where people like lock up their skateboards and you now get it after uh, school ends so they can go home, right? But yeah, that that's something great. Something else is I like jogging, right? But you know, my my, my family don't, don't think it's safe at night or something like that, right? Because of uh, either homeless people or maybe people doing something sketchy. Uh, so yeah, that's a big issue, right? So I, I usually don't, I don't get permission to go and jog on parks, right? So that that's something that I could like to change, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, honestly, I feel like I would like more liberty, I guess, within these parks. Um, I guess the city program, I think that would be good. Was that bringing back karate? Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, they recently took it out of cool. Washington Park. And I'm not sure exactly why. But I remember, um, I remember my older sister, she would go to karate. And somehow, every time that she came home, she would also show me what she learned. Ah, really? <laughs> yeah. And it was honestly a pretty fun experience That's just cool. to just interact with one another. It was pretty funny, honestly. If if they had karate or kung fu or something like that, I would take my little boys to do that. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, again, so other things are soccer fields, base, basketball courts, baseball fields, skate park, exercise equipment, hanging out with friends, gathering. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing if you had a park. Now, I'm going to use my imagination a little bit. If I... At my age right now or younger, I've been to uh, Venice Beach and they have like walls where you could like uh, do art. Like, you know, you could take some cans out there, some paint. And, and so it's a constant creative process. And in the background, you might hear a drum circle. So you got the drums going, you got people around. It's just, it just, it's got a vibe to it, right? So I would love to have a programming where there would be a park. Uh, where you'd have free walls to to paint on, you know, to 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 do. What do you guys think about that? As an artist, I think that's great. Honestly, something we do have over parks is that I noticed that we have murals. We have very great murals. Honestly, in Washington Park, there's a beautiful mural. Tony uh, Serra Park, there was a mural, right? But yeah, that's just great. Honestly, yes. A another program that I thought would be kind of cool for gamers. Now, tell me, I don't know if anybody's gamer here, but Let's say a summer time at a park where maybe they're doing a, a movie in the park or a concert in the park. There was also an area where they would blow up uh, on, on a projector where people can play like Smash Brothers or something. So so it would be open to like, you know, 10 o'clock at night where, you know, you're 12, 13, 14. You could be at a park that's supervised and, and be outside and, and play video games on, on a large projector screen wall. Do, do you think that'd be, would people do that? I mean, I think anything to do with events right for example we were talking uh last week about the uh, how we introduce stem to parks right i, I say uh true competitions right making some people do some engineering competitions ah, or stuff like yes. that some science competition right you get a reward or like you say right now uh let's have like a little smash tournament between kids that gives uh, the community something to look up to right they come in, right? They see their kids playing. Uh, we have an audience, right? And then the kids feel rewarded after the end, right? So I, I think that's something great, right? Uh, once parks get like to a certain point, we can do like community events and stuff like that to right. bring up the community. Now, we have a couple of guests that walked into the studio. We had Angel Ariano and his brother, Andrew. And one of the things that Angel likes to do is he likes to make pizzas, you know? 
Uh, he's got a outdoor pizza kitchen that he could put. And so I think another kind of cool thing to have in parks, like say on a Friday or Saturday or Sunday is like demonstration kitchens where as a youngster, you know, you want to learn independent living skills and you go hang out with Angel and he'll tell you how to yeah. make a pizza and cook a pizza, right? Is that kind of cool too? Before, yep. Yeah, yeah, I need a pizza. All right. So, okay. So next question is, tell us about your local park accessibility. Rate the following on a scale. So they have, uh, uh, the park has crosswalks to navigate traffic. Oh, okay. So Washington Park, You don't, I don't think there's any like uh good safe crosswalks to navigate right no. i know in some cities like el monte in in one of their parks they have the a crosswalk just for for the park that will light up on the bottom you know and it was because there was so many traffic accidents so that'd probably be smart right you you, you got to park by school we need something to help people identify that someone's crossing okay the park is accessible to those using mobility aids such as wheelchairs okay the park has speed zones um, on surrounding streets. Yeah, yeah. It's it's never too cool when you're at a park and a lot of kids are playing and then somebody's hidden down the street at 40, 50, 60 miles per hour. You know, that, that doesn't feel too good. Uh, parks, the, the park is easy to get to and close to my home. So again, one of the we talked about, uh, good cities usually have parks <laughs> within walking distance of of their home and not, you uh, know, you don't have to walk five miles to a park, but you can walk somewhere closer. Yeah. Additionally to, uh, to that, uh, we talked about the brownfields, right? Yes. We talked about how we can make some of those brownfields mini parks, right? Yes. Because there's many brownfields that close apartments, right? For example, uh, Beher elementary, uh-huh. uh, there's right next to, uh, the elementary school, there's a bunch of apartments, right? And in between those apartments, right? There's a big brownfield just right there. Right, right, right. Good, good thinking. Um, the park has sufficient parking for vehicles. Okay. The park has sufficient bike racks and, and, and locks. The park has public transportation nearby. Okay. So th those are the sliding scales. Okay. Next question is in general, what attracts you to parks? And, and you can check all that apply. So, uh, playgrounds for children. No, oh, that attracts me. Yes. Stress and relaxation, stress relief. That that's as an adult. Now that would have that would attract me outdoor green spaces. Okay. Everyone could agree to that. I love outdoor green spaces, especially how we talked about Claremont with the trees and making it feel shade and, and, and feels good exercise. Uh, yes. And again, I, I think we would all agree. It's kind of cool to have exercise equipment, especially near the playground. So a grandparent or a parent can get a little extra exercise in while their kids are playing, right? Um, yep. use, use of spaces for social gatherings, like parties. Mm -hmm. So you got like, uh, I know Ganesha Park has a lot of uh, band sh or shells or the, the covers, and you could rent out a space. I, I could go to Chino Hills or other places and, and they'll have places where I could plug in and, and it's kind of covered in tables where you could rent out for a party. So that's, that's kind of cool. Um, again, programming with uh, organized sports teams, activities for children, seniors. Oh, all right, that was good. Okay, so uh, next, age-appropriate playground equipment. Age-appropriate playground equipment. Now, when I think about age-appropriate playground equipment, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about Neptune over here. Uh, 
And the, the two of you guys, when we, we went to the park and you guys were just having a good old time playing. So, there, well, of course, this is during the daytime, so there's no kids there, but it looked like you guys had a good time, right? Uh, it was inviting enough to even have big kids to play play with, right? Uh, I, I see uh, there, there's an app uh, on, on, excuse me, there's an Instagram page called SoCal Parks where I, we notice that a lot of these parks are being built. They have a, I forget what they're called. Um, uh, fib the fib line zip lines. Yeah. They have like zip line things. So again, I mean, from a little kid to an adult like me could get on a zip line thing and just have yeah. fun, right? And, and those are kind of cool, man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. The next one is shade. Oh, that is so important yes. in Southern California. Uh, beautification, trees, flowers, landscaping improvements, grassy areas. Yes. Uh, Wi-Fi access. Do 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 we all agree here? Should should local parks have Wi-Fi access yeah. in this modern age? Well, I mean that sounds nice, but at the same time, they always tell you to not join like public Wi-Fi networks because it's really easy to get all your information, and especially oh, yeah. ah. with all of that. Yes. So I got a VPN. I mean, well, not everyone has a VPN. A VPN is a virtual private network. So you could spend yeah. a little couple extra dollars on your phone and make sure that's masked. But no, you're absolutely right. And my only second concern is, um, and, and again, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody really chooses, they, nobody really wants to be homeless. But being that we have an issue, um, would it attract the right... You know, the wrong crowd. I don't know. Uh, having Wi-Fi access or is that being exclusive? You know, it's kind of a hard question for me. Well, I mean, the it wouldn't necessarily be like if with Wi-Fi, um, people like who don't have either good Wi-Fi at home or can't afford it, or if they're homeless, it's a good thing for them. But for kind of how Wi-Fi is right now, yeah. it's not. The best, it, there's a lot of pros and cons to like everything like that, but there's a little more cons to that because it's really easy to hack into right, right. public Wi-Fi spaces. All right. That's cool. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Okay. Next question is, in general, what attracts you to parks? Okay. And it's, it's kind of the same questions as the last one. Do playgrounds for children, do relaxation, stress, uh, outdoor green spaces, exercise equipment, spaces for social gatherings? Programming, age-appropriate playground, shade, beautification, such as trees and, and environment, uh, Wi-Fi access. So, uh, same questions. Um, and if you have a, something else, it gives you ability. You know, one of the things that's not on here that would attract me to parks is splash pads. Now, of course, again, I told you I got two little, two little boys. And in summertime, uh, I've been to parks in Azusa and even Chino Hills right on the way. And they got a splash pad. And as a parent, I could take a break and just have the kids play and it's hot and it feels cool. And, and I, I, I kind of, I like splash pads. They're kind of cool. Yeah. You know, uh, that'd be nice to have. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Next question. If you selected exercise, uh, please specify by checking what applies. Okay. Soccer, baseball, basketball, skateboarding, exercise equipment, walking, jogging, hiking trails, uh, and other, um, unless I think you and I could agree, uh, it, Cool. It's cool to have like nice hiking trails, right? Yeah, it is. Honestly, right. it just makes it like a super great experience to like just yes. get relief from all of your thoughts and problems. Right, right. Anybody else here like walking trails? I do. Me. All right. Good, good, good. So we, we, I think we're all in agreement here. Okay. Uh, next is tell us about your park's physical structures. Uh, well, again, it gives us choices of all the, the 26 parks that we have in the city. 
Uh, and it says, which of the following does the park have? Does it have children's playground equipment, picnic tables, barbecues, cycling paths, water, jo uh, excuse me, walking, jogging, hiking trails, soccer or sports, tennis courts, skate parks, exercise equipment, attractive landscaping, Wi-Fi access. Okay. And then choice two and then choice three and it's all the same. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll move past that question. And the next one is, what keeps you away from using local parks? Safety concerns? Uh, anybody here, safety concerns keep us away from local parks? I mean, um, I will say it won't keep me away. More, more like it will make me more alerted of uh, just keeping my uh, family safe, right? For example, my sisters or brothers. So, right. Yeah. Now, in, in the in the I personally think in the nineties. A lot of parks within this community were taken over by, by neighborhoods, by gangs. Like mm -hmm. they were called like Sharky's Park or whatever it may be. So I, th I think back in those days, a lot of families stayed away from parks just because they, they didn't feel safe, right? Because there was probably a bunch of homeboys hanging out and they didn't want to hang out, I guess, right? Uh, okay, a lack of security and patrols. I mean, how often does a police officer patrol a park? And does that make people feel safe? Lack of night lighting. Okay, so I live by Ganesha Park, and you got a nice big trail that goes past Val Vista, but there's no lights, and there's a lot of trees. So it's really kind of like spooky at night, you know what I mean? I, don't, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want my wife walking or jogging, you know, at mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night or something like that. So, yes, lighting. Uh, concerns about cleanliness and trash, yes. Tagging, yes. Lack of maintenance, yes. And lack of shade in summertime, I say yes. Yeah. We, could, we could all probably agree on that, huh? Okay. Uh, Next question is, please take five or more minutes to tell us about your local parks. Okay, well, we won't. Actually, okay, does anybody want to take just a minute or two to talk about their local parks? What would you say? Um, I can talk about mine. Um, my, What's your local park? Lincoln Park. It's a nice one. The really only downside about that is that there's really no sidewalk at all. And there's also no parking. I mean, there's you could park around it, but... Right. It's not. And two, the restrooms, because they're like, it's like a very old setup. Like, I guess it's more of like, you're really old, old. Like there's, there's no doors at all. And there's also a lot of tagging and they're all like, it's really short. Like if you're kind of like tall, like everything, the stalls are short. They're, they're like probably like this tall for all the stalls like there's no doors. that's about three anything. three or four feet yeah it, it's just really short and it's not the best well kept but it is a nicer park the one only thing is though there's kind of a lot of reckless drivers by yeah but the one nice thing there's peacocks around the area ah so uh, yeah though, that's interesting when you hear them ah guys it's like a jungle over there uh, that, that's kind of cool somebody let them loose one one year huh yeah that that is exciting uh, any anybody else have an opinions about their local park? A local park um, that I have is Ralph uh, Wench Park, and something to add to what Andy said before about lighting. Yeah, there there is like a problem with lighting there. There is some lights that work, and there there is some that don't. Right, for example, the, the lights that are close to the bedroom sometimes don't are not turned on, so that just makes you feel unsafe, right? So yeah, I usually go there to uh to play basketball. So, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that about uh, Ted Green as well. Like, uh, if sometimes the lights are on a weird timer, if it gets dark real early, 
and the lights don't turn on to six, but it's getting dark at five thirty, and then you, I mean you 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 can't see what you're doing in the restroom, right? So yeah, that's an issue. All right. Anybody else want to say anything about their local park? I actually did too. My local park is um, Washington Park, and basically the biggest problem, or one at least one of the biggest problems at Washington Park, I think, would be the homelessness. I oh, I probably know that um, it's probably not their fault that they're homeless, but I also feel like it's not our fault that they're also at our parks. And I feel I talked with some parents last week about this problem, and they said that it also makes the park like kind of really unattractive. So I thought maybe like with enough budget or like I guess enough support, we could turn a brownfield into also another homeless shelter. Wow! Or or I'm going to add to that. Uh, if we were able to turn uh, Brownsville to uh, to like like a place where they could take showers, you know, yeah. like a mobile shower place, you know, uh, I, yeah, that that'd be kind of cool, right? If all homeless people just went to one park where they could get clean, they could charge their stuff, maybe even wash some clothes, uh, but not feel as confined that they have to be in the building or something. I don't know, right? Because sometimes, like I so said, when you go to Hope for Home, there's there's rules that people have to follow, and that that's a good thing. But a lot of people, homeless people, just don't want to follow rules. <laughs> so they'll go other places. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's see. Uh, another question is, does tagging make parks less welcoming? Would we all agree? Yes. Right? Yeah. But on the other hand, if there are murals, that makes it feel more welcoming, right? So yeah. uh, tagging, no, but murals, yes. Art, yes. Okay. Another question is, do you think it would be a good idea to have an after-school job program of youth who are paid to keep parks clean and report safety and cleanliness issues to authorities. I think that's a great idea. Honestly, when you brought it up, it, it's just uh, amazing that we can keep our parks safe through either uh, getting paid or maybe even volunteering, right? A lot of a lot of kids want to go to college to a four-year, right? And they need volunteer hours, right? To um, maybe boost off their resume, Right. So I think that's just great. Right. They they can choose. Oh, do I want to get paid or do I want to uh, do some volunteer hours? That way it looks better when I'm applying to like a certain college. Yes. Yes. Well, growing up, uh, I don't remember you, if you remember this, Joseph, but a lot of times there was uh, a, a van that would pick up kids and drop them off in neighborhoods and they would go sell around candy bars or saying, I'm trying to earn a trip to Magic Mountain. Can you help me? Right. So I, I thought it'd be kind of cool. Again, uh, there's a citywide van that would pick groups of kids up at their high school and drop them off at a park mm. for you know an hour maybe two hours and they would come back in an hour and a half or two hours and then go to another park and they would hit at least two parks and they would work from like like four to six and and again uh with a little scooper with a vest uh or a shirt or something like that and they would kind of look over the playgrounds to make sure that there's no paraphernalia or trash if some of a equipment was broken they could call in you know with the 800 number if there was tagging or something like that or if there was an issue they could always call the police if there was something dangerous happening but yeah. a, a youngster could get paid you know that's 16 17 dollars an hour for 10 hours a week you know that's only two hours uh, a day monday through friday would, would any of you guys apply for a job like that I personally would. Uh, honestly, also that will uh, co combat the uh, security, right, type issue where, okay, we have like a bunch of kids just going here cleaning, right? They can report like anything that's happening and they're looking over the playgrounds and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right. Okay, let's see. Next question. If yes, uh, would you be interested in joining an after-school program? Okay, so yes. Okay, next question is, what type of equipment 
have you seen in other city parks that you would like to see in Pomona? Something that I saw that, again, going back onto that Claremont Park was the exercising equipment. That was super cool, honestly. And it was just like su such a creative idea. Honestly, just added more aesthetic to the park and just made it much more welcoming. I feel like that's a great idea. Not only did I have the exercising equipment, but I had a whole um, piece of shade above. And honestly, I think that's a great idea. And also, as I said earlier, it was near the playground. So you can exercise while watching or supervising your kids. Honestly, it's a great idea, I think. I also think that's a great idea because honestly, I don't remember what park I went. I think it was somewhere close to LA, right? They had gym equipment, like gym equipment, right? That you use, right? And I don't know what what the thing is called where you walk and it moves, right? That, that, that was great, honestly, because it allowed me to exercise while being with my family. Honestly, I think if, if it was in Pomona, right? That type of gym equipment, I will personally use it, right? And maybe other parents or maybe at, Elderly uh, people will use it to watch over their kids while maintaining a uh, good physical health because, I mean, it's important to maintain uh, a good physical health. I'd like to add on, um, it would not, would not necessarily be equipment, but there is like something else I would like to see in Pomona. It's like, um, it'd be like these, like, I guess like educational like type posters. Ah, yes. Yeah, that tell you about like the, the area and the surroundings of that of that park so like this one park it has like a it has like a poster about this like butterfly garden and and it's very educational for the kids because that's how the kids could learn uh adding back to what andy said um back in his day um the kids would learn through parks and also that's what they do at lopez farm too yeah, I, I agree with that because that, that will be pretty cool, right? Uh, kids uh, looking at poster, learn about photosynthesis or different type of sciences. It will be great. Right. Uh, uh, you and I had deal with it, talked about um, having like STEM type or STEAM type uh, equipment yeah. that would be fun, but also educational and, and learning, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. All right. Any thoughts over here? Any magic? If you had a magic wand and we could put something in the park, what would it be? It's not necessarily equipment, but more like recreational centers. Ah, okay. Um, where I could do my homework or like different people, like groups of people can meet up or different clubs or different organizations can meet up there and they can hold events. And it's like a nice indoor area. So like when it does get hot, we have a place to go during summer. Cool, cool. And that's important, especially in Pomona. We know, in particular, a lot of, a lot of senior citizens and, and, and uh, people struggling, it is, gets so hot, and if you don't got an air conditioning or can afford to pay that air conditioning bill, we got to go somewhere. Like, I remember you used to be going to the mall. I used to get on the bus and go hang on the mall all day because it was air conditioning, right? Uh, or the library sometimes, but yes, that would be nice for our local parks. We didn't have to go 10, 15 miles away, but we could just go a mile away and, and hang out somewhere nice. Uh, to add to that, uh, right, there's uh, this nonprofit organization called Ayudar. Uh, they're with, uh, I think, Justice Free. They're doing like a collaboration with them. And they created a program called uh, Connect, uh -huh. Con Connect for or something like that, uh, where they just take kids to different places. So they like built up a, a sense of community right there uh, with different kids, like teenagers uh, from like different ages. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Okay, so we're on our last question. Okay, we got all through them. The last question is, 
How can Pomona Parks better represent its culture and history? How can Pomona Parks better represent their culture and history? Well, as you said, Andy, Pomona was initially known for its great agriculture. And I think having more greenery or what say you, I guess, trees that give out oranges, apples or such, um, that would be such a great addition to the parks. Because going back to community gardens, let's say we're in a crisis and we need like extra supplies. Those trees would be excellent at giving out supplies, food and such when we're in such an emergency. So I think that's a great addition to add to Pomona's beneficial and also going back to its culture and history. Cool. I think another way we could better represent Pomona's culture and history is like by adding statues or like any benches that are like in in memory or in, in honor of certain leaders or or somebody in the past, like maybe the founder of Pomona. Right. Now I, I'd go I'd I'm gonna add on to that, Dylan, in the sense where it have a QR code where you can use your phone to connect to a YouTube video that would share a history. Cause you know, when we went to the park in, in Walnut, there was a family that was honored. And again, if you didn't know that family, you didn't know the history, you just yeah. seen a name. But if I was able to link to like a, a podcast or a video and it would give me some, you know, background on, on who these people were, I, I think that's kind of cool. So kind of like an art museum, like yes. where you have like this QR code, you have these headphones and you could like listen to about like the quote unquote art and everything. Yeah, I think that'd be like a really nice addition and like a new innovation in parks. Yeah, additionally, I think uh, the maybe uh, painting some murals of some uh, yes. Pomona leaders that have changed uh, our community or made big changes to either the topic in education or medical health for uh, low-income families or stuff like that. Right, I think that will be great. Cool, cool. Okay, any any last thoughts or comments? How how can Pomona Parks better represent their culture and history? Um, I think that everything else that was said was a good idea. Um, maybe stuff that can make like local parks like more and like uh, Brownsfields more um, like approachable, more friendly is because some are like really small to have like little like walkway paths, but around those walkway paths could be of lo um, local like fruits and stuff like that where they're in those like planters uh planters that are above so it could be of like those programs where you can get food and it could also be of natural no of local plants because there's not a local plants in a lot of these areas because of just how like like suburban area has been to have like more of like like nicer plants instead of uh wildflower plants and all of that and that could also benefit like the bee like like local bees and everything like that instead of the european bee and stuff like that yeah, that's interesting. You know, one of the things is that we've experienced within the last, let's say, 30, 40 years, as people cut their lawns, people have been cutting a, a specific kind of flower that the monarch butter, butterfly, when they're migrating from Mexico all the way up north, they used to come down and, and feed off these, these, and it looks like a weed for the most part. So if you don't got these growing anymore because everyone is cutting down their lawn to an inch, uh, they, they, again, we're affecting our butterflies and a lot of our bees. So again, having maybe some Brownsfield and some other places have that, I guess, locally grown natural resource of the vegetation so that the creatures can also benefit from it as well. Cool. All right. Well, we're, we're coming to a close and uh, we just went through the first edition of our survey and we talked a little bit about 
uh, what ACT, uh, All Children Thrive, and the group of our young people here in the high schools in Pomona have been doing for the past uh, four or five months. And, and again, I just want to thank you for spending time with us. Uh, I, I think civic engagement is one of the most important things that a person can do as a part of their growth in life. And I really appreciate uh, you youngsters, you high school students hanging out with me for these past few months and engaging with me, uh, you know, talking about you know, things that I, I think a lot of people feel are important. And as you guys grow into adults, um, always remember that if there's something that you don't like within your community, something that you feel that you need to complain about, uh, there's always uh, action behind it. So grow up to be one of those adults that if you don't see something that's right, uh, do something about it. You know, talk to other people, you know, that make a difference uh, because nobody really likes a complainer that just complains, but people like complainers that do something about it to make a change uh, for all of us, if that makes sense. All right. Now, Joseph hasn't said too much because uh, we, we got him here in the corner, but as the, as the other uh, adult mentor in the room, uh, do you have any last thoughts or words that you'd like to contribute? I just want to say that I'm proud of all the youth that have participated in this Pomona Parks project. Um, I encourage them to keep up all of the great work and echoing in what Andy said is um, if you see something and you want to make a change, make sure that you put all your efforts behind it and you come with an authentic heart and authentic approach because your impact can go a long way and affect those coming up behind you. So uh, one of the best things you can do is make an impact on the world that is positive and that benefits others, not just yourself. So um, shouts out again to all of the youth that have participated. I'm super proud of y'all. All right. All right. So that brings it to a close. Let's all say goodbye. And we're going to we're going to uh, see you guys in the streets of Pomona. And, and hopefully the work that we're doing today will make a difference tomorrow. All right. All right. Peace, guys. Peace.